five, four, three, two, one. Lift off of the Falcon 9. Hi, I'm Mark Boucher, and this is Space Q. This week's podcast has two segments. The first is my short interview with Conservative Party MP Aaron O'Toole from the Aerospace Industries Association of Canada's Election 2019 All-Candidates Town Hall in Toronto that was held on October the 3rd. As you'll hear, Mr. O'Toole was forthcoming in discussing key issues of interest to the space community. Comments from other candidates are in my story on our website. A link to the story will be in the show notes. The second segment of today's podcast was recorded on Monday, October 7th at Western University, where the new Institute for Earth and Space Exploration was officially launched. The segment includes a brief comment from Western's new president, Alan Shepard, no relation folks, and former Canadian astronaut, Dr. Dave Williams. The comments are followed by an interview with the new director of the Institute for Earth and Space Exploration, Dr. Gordon Rosinski. Listen in. So, the Liberals have committed Canada to participate in the U.S. Uh, Lunar Gateway uh, Artemis Moon Program. Is this a program that the Conservatives would support if you uh, form the next government? I anticipate we would. Uh, certainly, the investments in space are one area of aerospace and, and defense and security, if you look at that writ large, uh, that have been supported by both governments historically. Particularly, our participation with NASA in the shuttle program would serve as a bit of an example for that. So the any any lunar or eventually a Mars mission, I would like to see Canada and Canadian technology uh, play a role. Certainly, uh, folks know about our our Canada arm and, and some of that innovation. But we've we've also had remarkable participation, whether it's as a country or Canadians themselves, in almost all of the NASA missions going back to, to Mercury and so um, we, we take a great pride in that as I said in my remarks we're the third nation in space with the Alouette satellite uh, great uh, uh, with radar sat and, and the technology in terms of imaging we're still a world leader so we want to see that remain now the other thing that the liberals did earlier this spring is come out with a new space strategy which built on previous space strategies including the conservative uh, one um, one of the issues that was, well, first of all, um, with that space strategy and the different initiatives within it, is that something that the Conservatives would continue on with? Well, the, the government, the Liberals, have released a number of strategies uh, in the final year of their government. In fact, their Arctic strategy came uh, several hours before the writ was dropped. So that kind of shows you it's like they're handing in their homework uh, at the last day of school. We, we will take what is there and really be, be ambitious and direct with things. We really see a role for the private sector uh, throughout aerospace and, and space. Uh, in fact, 
fact, I know some of the uh, poor diplo diplomatic actions of the of the Trudeau government, including tweets and, and declining relations, actually has led to less investment in the space sector. I, I know of one company who, because of missteps by the Trudeau government, has lost investment uh, internationally. We will work to make sure that this is a healthy place to invest, to grow, to, to invest in R&D, and I think we need to regain our once forefront position in space in terms of, of technological innovation. Now, one of the initiatives within that space strategy that the Liberals uh, released ha uh, deals with um, uh, regulatory reforms. And uh, it was mandated by Parliament every five years, and there was a second one that came out in 2017 that talked about the Remote Space Systems, um, Remote Space Systems Sensing Act, um, that regulations are hurting Canadian companies. Yes, sir. Uh, is, is that something that the, the, the Conservatives would address? Yes, yes. In fact, I've been to Inuvik and visited our sites there in terms of, of our tracking stations and uh, have talked to the industry about the roadblocks we have in, in terms of really truly being a, a leader in this. We're competing with a number of Nordic and other nations that uh, we can't allow regulatory bureaucracy to slow our growth and being a leader in uh, a very cutting-edge industry with highly skilled, highly technical, well-paying jobs. And so I, I, I want us to be a leader as much as possible. This is also an area where we can engage with Inuit and First Nation uh, youth in training programs and getting them into that area, both remote sensing, uh, um, the regulatory aspects of, of space and governance, and also drones and, and UAVs. I think there's huge potential and huge need in Canada for all of this. One last question. Um, strategic Innovation Fund is something that Liberals have been touting. Uh, I know that there's been two or three Canadian or two or three space companies that have received funding under that. Is that type of fund and funding something that might continue under the Conservatives, maybe under a different name, uh, and that could benefit small business, small Canadian space businesses? We are likely going to eliminate large funds that can't be seen to be providing uh, widespread help. What we'd like to see is lower taxes, better tax treatment of productivity games and R&D for everyone. The business of picking winners and losers, as you heard today, this industry association uh, was not part of the super cluster initiative. Um, we want to see a competitive landscape where capital is drawn into Canada, investments, companies want to grow here, which is really lowering taxes, addressing regulatory hurdles, uh, giving certainty for investments so that we help everyone rather than picking winners and losers. So we will li literally try and uh, respect all of the obligations provided for by the previous government if we replace them. But then going forward, we want to see competition across the board. That's why we were the only, I was the only member of the panel that seemed to even understand what ITBs were and how we want to see that backlog of, of uh, technological benefit investment addressed. That will have a ripple effect for small and medium-sized players across the country. So without doubt, this is definitely one of the, the proudest moments of my career to date. And with those words by Dr. Gordon Ozinski, we began to understand what the launch of the Institute for Earth and Space Exploration meant to him personally 
and to those who helped make it happen. Those other people include directors Dr. Jan Kami, Dr. Ken McIsaac, and Dr. J3 Sabarinathan. What follows in order are comments from Alan Shepard, Dave Williams, and my interview with Dr. Gordon Nizinski. What does this institute mean for Westerners? What thrills me about this new institute is its capacity to bring people together in a multidisciplinary way. For me, that's the future of research, of all research, but especially of things like space exploration. And I'm so thrilled that Western is able to make the commitments, the, the human commitments, the financial commitments to ensure the success of the project. And it's going to be a game changer for sure. What do you think this new institute will mean for students? I think it's a really exciting time for students that are interested in space and space sciences. The institute is really a fantastic opportunity to bring together an interdisciplinary environment to help students learn about this incredible opportunity. Over the next 20 years, we're looking at an expansion of the global space economy from $350 billion today to an excess of a trillion dollars, and that growth is going to be more jobs, more opportunities, and we'd love to see this sector grow in Canada. And is Western University on the leading edge of this in Canada, or are there are other universities that are in the same position, if you will? You know, I'm really excited to be working with, collaboratively with Western because, in my opinion, Western is leading in this area. And it's something that uh, many universities have different areas of research and academic studies and space sciences. There's no question about that. What's unique is bringing this all together and creating a collaborative environment, an interdisciplinary environment where people can learn from each other and that's going to be really important moving forward. What is the difference between the Center for Planetary Science and Exploration and the Institute for Earth and Space Exploration? So the Institute is very much kind of bigger than uh, the Center for Planetary Science and Exploration. So in terms of research and the focus for the Institute, uh, as I mentioned kind of here today, we're really expanding both outwards and inwards. You know, planetary science and exploration may sound broad to some, but it's actually quite focused, you know, concentrated on our own solar system. And so by having the word space in the title, uh, we're really expanding you know, beyond the bounds of our solar system, really bringing on board a very strong astronomy group that we have here at Western 2. And then we felt that having Earth in the title was also very important. You know, a lot of the challenges in exploring remote, hard to get to environments on Earth are very similar to space. And then it's also using space assets for studying the Earth and monitoring climate change, uh, supporting healthcare in the North, and uh, you know, those kinds of things too. And then on campus, you know, becoming an institute means a huge deal. We're only the second institute at Western. So this clearly signifies both on campus and to those off campus that this is a strategic area of interest and a priority for Western moving forward. And I suppose that's the critical part there. It's that it's a strategic thing and it's a priority for Western going forward. Absolutely. So from what I understand, 
there are eight faculties involved in this? Correct, yes. And how many were involved in, in the previous Center for Planetary Sciences? So over the last couple of years, you know, we've still been the center. We've been recruiting slowly but surely in the pro- with the goal of establishing this institute. You know, two years ago, when we essentially the center was formally reviewed, we were about four faculties with any particular faculty. You know, some major expansions and things that were areas we really want to focus on moving forward is expanding beyond our base and our foundation in science and engineering, really into the health sciences aspects of the faculty of health science is very much coming board, both in terms of, you know, the dean level, but also the number of faculty members, the Shuley School of Medicine too, uh, the faculty of education, and then areas such as law and policy that are, you know, nascent here at Western, but areas of interest um, that we really want to expand. And so with this new institute uh, and, and Western's, I suppose, buy-in of it, uh, I take it that that means a financial boost? Yeah, we obviously can't talk about the details, um, but we have, you know, we, we have a financial foundation now that is stable, that really never was there uh, before when we were a center. So, you know, we have the time now, we have the administrative support full-time, that we can really do and start to do a lot of the things we wanted to do for the last few years. And now, then moving forward too, you know, in terms of faculty hires and things, this gives us a voice to be able to talk to various different faculties and departments across campus and come together and, uh, you know, really move this university forward. Now, while the former Center for Planetary Science and Exploration was relatively well-known in Canada, um, and obviously it was a program that was growing, what does the new Institute for Earth and Space Exploration mean for prospective students? So for, for prospective students, uh, the Institute will hopefully, you know, get, enable a lot more opportunities for interdisciplinary research and training. You know, still under the center, you know, our graduate program is again very rooted in science and engineering. And so, you know, one of the many goals of the Institute is to expand the graduate opportunities across campus, you know, to, to all the host faculties. Um, at the undergraduate level, you know, we're really keen to build that and to, uh, to move beyond just the, the faculty of science there too. So, you know, obviously it takes time and this is a totally different um, pile of paperwork and proposals that we have to go through and things to write. Um, you know, institute is one thing. We now exist, but now we can start to tackle some of these uh, things such as, you know, degree programs and uh, boosting that on campus. Now... Obviously, with uh, a, a new institute, uh, there's going to come new uh, possibilities for programs and projects. <coughs> Have you? Uh, are, what kinds of things do you think you'll be able to undertake now that you couldn't before? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Obviously, the uh, you know. Again, we now have the resources and I'd say the support to the very top of Western to, to put on new initiatives. And, you know, I, I do think Western is ready for this. The country is ready for us to take some bold steps. And hopefully we'll see that in, you know, the coming months and years is some, some big new initiatives coming out of the Institute you know, with, with Western's kind of seal of approval. Um, you know, in the last kind of year, we've been piloting a few things that are very much part of what we want to do as the Institute. You know, for example, around CubeSats and high-altitude balloon projects. And uh, now we're Institute, we can really, you know, take those to the next level. 
Now, in looking at the faculties that are involved, there's one that isn't involved that sort of stood out to me, and only because I always look at the business side of, of things as well. Yep. Um, so as the Institute goes forward, will something like the Ivy School of Business be brought into it as well, or is that a possibility? Uh, I'd say it's absolutely a possibility. It's definitely a goal. And, you know, even since... So today was our formal public launch of the Institute, but the, the Institute was actually ratified by the Board of Governors at the very end of June. And even since then, we've seen you know quite a lot of interest from the individual faculty members in Ivy. And, you know, now that we have the... The buzz and the, the goal of this institute launch out of the way, um, bringing on board Ivy is definitely something that uh, we hope to do. Now, let's move to a personal perspective. Yeah. Uh, you've been at Western for how many years now? Uh, 11 years. 11 years. Yeah. And um, what does the creation of the institute mean to you? So, I mean, it's it's been a long time coming. Um, I missed, you know, today is, uh, like, as I mentioned, kind of a, really I put it as the epitome of my career so far. I've worked long and hard for this uh, over the last few years with lots of really great, amazing colleagues here. Um, and, you know, really, I'm just excited that I can now talk about this more publicly. You know, that's, it's been in the works for a couple of years, and so it has been, a, you know, a long road. And I think the, the thing I'm most excited about is that, you know, we can yell about this from the treetops, as it were, tell the world that this institute exists, what the opportunities are, and, uh, you know, I'm excited for the future. Now, anybody who follows your Twitter account yep. knows that you travel a lot, you do a lot of field work, you train astronauts, you train graduate students, you do research. Now that you're now the director of this new uh, institute, yes. which is a bigger entity, are you going to have uh, less time for field work? Uh, I always hope there'll be time for field work. You know, it's something I look forward to every year. Um, and I think, again, as we move forward with this institute, there'll be more opportunities for, for students to get involved in field work and analog studies. And you, know, you mentioned the astronaut training. So I'm hoping that it's not field work that it gives. Um, but yeah, there is only one me. And so that, you know, there'll be other things that I need to look at uh, to, to prioritize now that we're an institute for sure. Now, other universities are going to look to Western, and there are some good programs out in Canada. In Absolutely. Um, when they look at Western now, are they going to say, um, because space is a growing sector uh, and its importance to the uh, everyday Canadian is there, are they going to you know, say, look at what Western's doing, we got to up our game? You know, I, I hope so. And, you know, I'm not afraid of the competition. And, you know, I have a lot of good friends and colleagues at other universities across the country. And if they actually look at West, if their senior administration look at Western and think, well, we need to up our game, then actually I'll be very all for that because, you know, Western's not going to do this. You know, we're not going to go to the moon as this one university. We need very expertise from across the country. And, uh, you know, we, we saw in the lead up to, you know, the announcement by the Prime Minister that there's a lot of universities really pushing for that boost in funding announcement. You know, there was the very public Don't Let Go Canada campaign, which was kind of really industry-led. But behind the scenes, and I won't mention their names, 
there was a lot of you know the big U12, the research intensive universities really pushing for a boost in funding for space. And so I do think there is support across the country, and uh, maybe we've thrown the gauntlet down, and uh, hopefully some of them pick it up and you know boost boost their support for space too. So I've got one last question for you. Um, I did some perusing around the uh, new Western uh, website, yeah. which has a lot of uh, content on it, but I came across a list of events, and one of them actually caught my eye because I hadn't come across it before. Yeah. So uh, it, it looks like that you're trying to uh, set up a conference and workshop on space as a national asset for Canada for next June. Yes. Is that event going to happen, and, and what can you tell me about it at this point? So, yeah, this is very much in the planning stages, but you have found the website already, I see. Um, the first kind of really big announcement of this will be coming out in you know the coming days and weeks. Um, hats off to Sarah Gallagher. This is really her brainchild initially. Of course, Sarah is the, you know, this has not been done in her official role as science advisor to the Canadian Space Agency, but very much, you know, what she wants to see happen in Canada. And so, you know, the, the title is not a, uh, a coincidence. The you know designating space as a strategic national asset for Canada is something that the Space Advisory Board, you know, said needs to happen. And so we're excited by this. It's going to be something completely different. It's going to be very targeted. And the outcome of this, we hope, is a series of white papers that kind of lay out what needs to happen in Canada. Um, we hope for a lot of government involvement. You know, so this will be you know, a very strategic conference bringing together government, industry, and, and academia. And uh, yeah, watch the space. The dates are set. Um, but we hope to see this announcement come out very soon more publicly. Well, that's a wrap on this podcast. If you have any comments on this episode, you can email me at podcast at spaceq.ca. I read and answer all your comments in a timely fashion. You can also find SpaceQ on Twitter at Canada in Space, and we post all our articles and podcasts to Facebook. Regardless of which app you use to listen to us, we would really appreciate it if you could rate our podcast and write a review. Of course, that's only if you like us. Your rating and review will really help us in getting the podcast widely listened to. Lastly, if you like what we do, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash spaceq. Thank you.